Amherst University of Massachusetts Amherst, visiting professor at the Graduate Program in International Affairs at the New School University, host of the weekly program, Economic Update. And uh, we'll link to your writings and work. That does it for our show. I'm Amy Goodman in New York with Juan Gonzalez in Chicago. Thanks for joining us. When I first came to Brookhaven Town, way, there was no good music to be heard around. Way, then one day I turned on the dial. There I found music to make me smile. I waited for a legal ID. The DJ said WUSB. They start each day with the rising sun. Don't ever finish till after the day is done. So if you want good music to hear, there's a station in Stony Brook you ought to hear. So if you like the sounds, do take a look. At WUSB Stony and this is WUSB Stony Brook operating at 90.1 FM and 107.3 FM as well as over the internet at WUSB.FM. It's 6 o'clock on a Tuesday evening. That can only mean one thing. It's time for Off the Wall.
Good evening to everybody. The program is Off the Wall. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you on this Tuesday evening, joined tonight by Kyle. Indeed. These Tuesdays come, come faster than ever. Yes, the gravity of every hour. Do you know we, we had a dusting of snow this morning? A small dusting. A small dusting. A light, snow. snowy dusting. If you blinked, you missed it. Some places maybe got a full dusting and a half. It's pathetic. It really is an embarrassment this winter. It's today is the last day of January. You know, January. It's you know one of the long months. It's over in a few hours, and and then we have February. After that is March. You know, March brings spring. I'm worried. There's a lot of road clearing businesses out there uh-huh. with their uh, snowblowers and plows sharpened up and oiled and, and, and tightened and ready to go, full of full of salt and sand, and they have no place to put it. I'm not worried about them so much, but I, I just want snow. I, I want feel snow for them. I, I want, feel for them. Oh, okay, They're, fine. They you know take what? care when that when all that right. happens. Yeah, the salters and the sanders, God bless you all, but I, I just want the damn snow to fall from the sky and be on the ground. That's that's. It's not much to ask. It's winter. I'm entitled to that, and um, that's that's the understanding when you live in the Northeast. And it seems, you know, most parts of the country are getting snow, just not here for some reason. Deluge of snow. It's like all, it's like it's a personal thing, you know. Starved of snow. You. Yeah. It's well. You're I don't starved know. of snow. That just be honest. That's let's call it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's withdrawal symptoms. You know, it's uh, climate change. I guess. Oh. That's the thing that's like in the back of your mind. You're like this. Oh, the redistribution of water and liquid around the planet. It's uh-huh. just not coming to our neck of the woods. But uh, you can't help but wonder. Hmm, is this a short-term trend? Or is this long-term? And what? Um, where does it fall? And, and it's kind of like what has been predicted, you know, dynamic weather cycles that are extreme and uh, sustained for years on end. Well, we go from droughts and heat waves and, and uh, fires to, here, to not, floods. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying I want any of that. But it's the trend in general. It's, it's a part of that uh, trend um, mm-hmm. that's in the back of my mind when this stuff goes on, because you're like, you don't want to totally confront it. And I think we do. We have to. We have been. There's a lot of clamoring for uh, more understanding about it and and uh, people to take it take it really uh, quite seriously because it's affecting it so much of uh, daily life if we're going to have dramatic weather let's have at least you know a storm or something and i don't mean just a lot of rain oh my god we've had so much rain in january all of that should have been snow and it would be on the ground now i'd be happy i would not be talking about this i'd be talking about something else i'm just worried you know february short month um and uh, it's going to get cold. I'll say that it's going to get cold later this week. I, I saw a low of five degrees Fahrenheit. That's that's good. But guess what? It's going to be dry. <laughs> yeah. So um, you got to combine the two: the moisture and the cold. That's how you get snow. In case someone's not paying attention. It's a simple recipe. It really is. States of matter. It doesn't take much to make me happy. And you know, I'm I'm this close to just heading north and going to the snow. I'm this close. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, uh, but you know there 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 is some good news. Um, looks like um, George Santos is starting to crack. 
Yeah, I heard there was some changes being made surrounding uh, his responsibilities. Well, yeah, uh, he is going to recuse himself from serving on House committees. He said that to his GOP colleagues. Oh, why is that? In a closed-door meeting earlier today. Uh, of course, that's uh, amid the ongoing scrutiny about um, him being a damn liar about everything. You know, maybe he's lying about this. That's certainly possible. <laughs> Didn't think of that. Um, Santos was assigned to the House Small Business Committee. And wait, the way they have this phrased, is it the House Small Business Committee and Science? No, I don't think that makes any sense. No, it's the House Small Business Committee and Science, Space, and Technology Committee. Yeah, those were the two. I would have said I would have said the science been just to make it easier. Yeah. Uh, the science, space, and technology committee. Why in hell is he on that? Why is George Santos on science, space, and technology? I mean, does he know anything about any of those things? I think that's exactly the question that those committees had. Well, those are subjects that you can lie about pretty readily. You can lie about science, you know, make things up, space. Who knows what's out there? It's infinite, and uh, just you know, say I saw an alien somewhere. Uh, technology, the guy can claim he, 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 he's building robots or something. I don't know. He, this, it's, it's right for abuse. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, for some reason, Republican leaders assigned him to those committees. Um, well, he says now that, quote unquote, ongoing attention surrounding investigations into his personal and campaign finances prompted his request to be temporarily recused from the panels. Oh, I feel guilty. The ongoing attention. That's that's us. That's the people that keep asking questions like, what the hell are you talking about? Or how could you possibly have done that when you did this at the same time? And um, Yeah, so uh, because of that, we ruined it. We ruined it for him. And um, now he's not going to be on those committees, which would have been a bit of fun to watch, I suppose. But it's, um, it's something that... Um, we don't get to see now. And also, you know, I, I saw another news report that said that he's not answering his phone. I hope he's okay. <laughs> People are saying he's not answering his phone. I think they mean in the office, like the office is just ringing and uh, you don't you don't get anybody from the George Santa and because nobody wants to work for him. For one thing, he keeps assigning people positions and they keep denying that they are serving in those positions. So, um, yeah, uh, he, he said, uh, if, if you want some some comedy, uh, this was a decision that I take very seriously. The business of the 118th Congress must continue without media fanfare. Don't you love how these people, <laughs> they always blame the media when they're guilty of lying or cheating or stealing. It's, it's not that. That's not the issue. The issue is the media just won't leave me alone. They keep asking these questions. They keep following me into elevators. How dare they? Yeah, they're doing their job. But no word of his uh, actual credentials being put to effect. You know, he's not working. He's maintaining this uh, persona, really. It's it's all this uh, maintenance and, and dodging of, of the questions that were they answered easily, um, we would be able to hear about some of uh, his, quote, work. But it, it's... There, there's just not much to say, so he has to dodge it, and that becomes more of the story here. It's just too too disruptive. Nobody has time for this, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a functioning uh, a system if uh, if it's persisting on on uh, lies. Well, he continues. Uh, it is important. I primarily focus on serving the constituents 
of New York's 3rd Congressional District and providing federal-level representation without distraction. Not exactly sure how he's going to manage that. <laughs> how he's going to manage without distraction uh, when he is the distraction. Uh, now, of course, there are so many people in his party that are complicit in this as well, uh, not the least of which is uh, Leader McCarthy, who says, I think it was the appropriate decision, and until he could clear everything up, he's off committees right now. Uh, the voters have elected him, and he'll have a voice here in Congress, and until he answers all those questions, then at that time he'll be able to be seated on committees. Whereas everybody else is saying, this guy's got to go. He's a proven liar. We can't trust him. This <laughs> this distraction is not going to go away. Let's let's just be done with it and and, and move on and do things the way we're supposed to be doing things which basically means having a new election. I know the Republicans are afraid of that because they think the Democrats might be able to galvanize enough support for their party after seeing what can happen if you don't, and uh, they'll lose a seat. And you know what? That's the price. That's the price you pay for electing someone who's not fit for the job. That's what happens. That's democracy. Let's stop running away from it and start embracing it. It's a feature. Yeah. I, I just love the way they, they, they blame the people asking the questions. Yeah, they're doing their job. Like, that's what you have to do to find out, is he for real on the, on these questions? And, yeah, there's so many things to answer. He doesn't have – there's no space for him to be a politician. <sighs> well, I like to represent him at this point. Um, okay, uh, you know, Biden was in town today, um, and nearly um, – Nearly uh, $300 million in uh, federal money is being allocated to build a brand new rail tunnel under the Hudson River and uh, also repair an existing 113-year-old tunnel that was damaged during Superstorm Sandy. Uh, he was at the West Side Yard uh, in, in, um, in Manhattan. Uh, he said the, uh, the grant for the long-stalled project, which you might remember was... was um, killed uh, by Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey years ago, uh, and then stymied by President Trump, well, finally, this will herald a new day for America. He said, it's about damn time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you not like Biden? Yes, it's about damn time, all right. So so, so true. Um, and this, this will uh, boost capacity. For, uh, for Penn Station, for Long Island Railroad um, riders. It's going to cost $16 billion, but you know, that's what money is for, to be spent on things like this, not tax breaks for the rich. So this, you know, today, yesterday it was about um, a, a tunnel in, in Maryland that slows down uh, train traffic. Uh, getting that finally repaired, updated, it's it's long overdue. Yeah, the the return on these dollars spent, I mean, we act like it's it, it's a sunk cost what has been spent for something that does not add capacity. So not spending what what would be an incremental kind of um, uh, project in the life cycle and the, the, the long-term design and integration of everything, it, it has to have this kind of investment. But it's not like it's, it's a short-term thing that we're coming back and you know you're you're going to have to be paying for this all over again, um, like tearing up roads and highways. I mean, this is something that will last for 
many decades and can be maintained further. And of course, when you hear those numbers, the economic impact of increasing that capacity and connecting different states and um, the overall um, efficiency of it is realized in many um, multiples, I think, of that investment if you really were to calculate it. Yes, definitely. Well, of course, um, we do have to um, um, focus on Memphis because that is something that uh, has been in the news so much recently, and, and, and really it can't be in the news enough. Um, i got to say, uh, Friday there were two really disturbing videos that were released. The, the first that was released was um, uh, the attack on Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband, uh, which it's shameful. Republicans, for some reason, decided to politicize a home invasion <laughs> and, and an attack. They, they they know no shame. They really know no shame. Uh, so they were insisting that the video be released to um, uh, show what really happened, because apparently they don't believe that there was actually a home invasion. So they wanted to see the, the truth. And even before it was released, they were accusing the video of being doctored to um, hide the truth. So you can't win. You cannot win with these people. If you do what they demand, they'll accuse you of covering something up that's not there because it was never there in the first place. You know, at some point, you just have to say, we're not going to even listen to you anymore. We're not going to cater to your demands. You are an idiot. You are no longer worthy of any of my time. Well, it's don't play their game, right? Like, they, you, can the game? Listen. The game you can is... listen and you can hear. Uh-huh. Hearing is not the same thing as, like, uh, internalizing and listening to uh, uh, what they're saying as though that, that is uh, furthering the, the discourse. But you can certainly uh, understand um, the, the strategy at, at play. But it... it it doesn't have to land in, in a way that that is meaningful yeah, unless you allow it. I don't like ignoring people. I don't like dismissing people. You you want to uh, have the dialogue. You want to. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can listen, but you have to, you know, but take it for what it at is. At some point, you just have to say enough already. This is nonsense. Don't play their game. But it happens so often now. Whether whether you're talking about immigration or or viruses, or even attacks on somebody in their own home. It's politicized. It's turned into something that, you know, day is no longer day. <laughs> you know, you, there, there are certain facts. It's all part of some massive cover-up. And if you if you um, uh, entertain that and, and treat all of these uh, wild theories and accusations as potentially valid, you never, you're, you're just spinning your tires in the sand. You, you, you never get anywhere because, you know, as soon as you get past that, something else comes up or somebody wants to go over it again, and um, that's that's what was happening here. So, yeah, the video was finally released, and um, it, it was it was only after seeing, like, what people were saying. Uh, you know, Twitter has become so useless because it, it just caters to the worst people now, and uh, they are encouraged to post their crap, and uh, a lot of the crap is coming from the highest parts of Twitter at this point. It's It's disgusting. But people were basically saying, "Wow, it's uh, you know, he uh, Paul Pelosi is is laughing through the whole thing." And I, I know that's not true, so I had to look at it. I did not want to look at it, and it was so disturbing. You see the look of terror in his face that is not smiling. 
uh, at all. Um, and you see the horrible attack on him, which is far worse than I imagined it was. Basically, everything that we were told from the beginning is what you see. And it's awful. It is absolutely awful. And anybody who, who, um, can say otherwise with a straight face is, is a, a vile human being, really. And I would say this no matter who it was that was being attacked in their home. But in this particular case, it's somebody who was attacked in no small part because of the lies that are constantly spread and the, the hatred uh, that is fostered uh, in, um, in in the party of of uh, the opponents of Nancy Pelosi, which, you know, I, I can see disagreeing with somebody on policy, but to actually wish this kind of thing on somebody, it's sick. It is really awful, and it's it's not it's not how we handle disputes, right? We do not want to encourage politically motivated violence. It has a long storied history, and um, it can impact people in every circle. You know, we've evolved to have systems where there can be some kind of uh, um, conflict resolution and and. Uh, that's why we have these uh, political mechanisms and representation and voting and so forth. But taking it to this level, it could mean that you're um, you're every bit as much susceptible. Because what if someone disagrees violently with your beliefs? I mean, people don't. Um, well, I, I think many people understand that that's why this is this is condemned widely as uh, uh, a a crime a politically motivated uh, hateful act and um i don't know every american should have um security and privacy and and safety where where they live you know and and call home and uh whatever someone's grievance to be taking it out like this is <laughs> That's not a world anyone should want to live in. Not in this country. Not yeah. I mean, not in my neighborhood. That's you know. It, it's pretty clear that what this 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 idiot did was was horrible and wrong. But what I'm really taking exception with right now are the people that are glossing over that and trying to turn it into some kind of. Well, they want it to be something else. Yeah, they they totally do. You know, <laughs> and I understand why they want it to be something else. But to actually try and spread that and to uh, minimize what this guy was put through. And just the um, um, the horror of of promoting these kinds of things, making you know normalizing them. Well, and it's just an extension of that political motivation, mm -hmm. and that's not that's not uh, going over issues and platforms and 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 finding uh, uh, legislative ways to to agree on something. Those are attacks. Yeah. Plain and simple. And, you know, if I see that on, on, on the other side, I will call it out as well. But I'm not seeing it. Not anything like this. It's really, really sickening. So you watched both videos? No, 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 no. The second video, of course, of, of, the, I saw, of the murder right. of, um, of uh, Tyree Nichols uh, in Memphis earlier this month, um, I couldn't watch that. I, I just couldn't bring myself to do that. And uh, plus... You know, it seemed really clear and, and well described in the media already. Do I need to see this? Do I need to be desensitized even further? Uh, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, I don't think it's necessary to have to actually watch this, this uh, brutal attack. But it is so important to talk about it. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't really uh, for either of them, but I caught snippets that were in the news cycle, just in the background, and um, yeah, the the even in avoiding it, I mean, it was announced and then it was out, and a lot of the posting and social media um, comments from people that had seen it or were you know spreading a lot of the message were saying instead uh things like uh, don't don't watch it <laughs> or you know this isn't something you know we should be spreading around and commenting on uh you know reviewing and and mm-hmm. and the like cuz it really is it's just perpetuating uh something that is not shocking not not surprising to a lot of people um who've seen this over and over and over again and it, it's um it, it just you kind of understood it as people described it and then there are snippets of it, and, and so even in re- resisting seeking it out, I, I saw kind of a lot of both uh, one way or another in, the, in just the reporting. So it's out there. People understand what's going on with it, but it's about the root cause, the, the, the kinds of behaviors mm-hmm. that we're instilling in society and, uh, you know, what kind of intentions are behind that, and uh, something's got to be done. It's It's... It's uh, too chaotic, it's, and it, it does not breed like a st- stable society and, and a healthful uh, environment for um, for you know p- political progress and and uh, a community to uh, to thrive. Yeah, uh, you know it's um, it's to 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 um, uh, see something like this to see the story play out. And to realize that these cops knew that not only were they being filmed, they were the ones filming it. You know, it's their body cameras that were filming it. And to think that this is okay, this is our job, this is what we do. That says so much about policing in this country right now. You know, and it's, um, you know, people are discussing the the race of, of the cops, five black cops arrested. I, I think most people realize that's irrelevant because it, it's the victim. The victim is almost always a black guy, you know, who's in this case doing everything they tell him, and they're telling him all kinds of conflicting things, screaming at him, and and you know, intimidating him in various ways and beating him to death in the end. That is what happens. So you know, that to me points out. The, the 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 sickness that policing has become in this country, where it's um, it's militarized, where people are, are are treated as if they're insurgents in Iraq, and um, cops have no familiarity with the neighborhoods or, or no allegiance to the neighborhoods that they're they're patrolling, if you even call it patrolling. That is sickness. That is something that is a real problem, and it's not limited to Memphis. It's it's the same problem that we've seen. Over and over and over again. The problem is with the policing. The victims tend to be the same. And, you know, I don't know how many times this has to happen for people to realize that. And I think maybe, hopefully, this time, the, the, the relative quickness that the uh, Memphis authorities are, are moving, um, yeah, that's, uh, that, that is a hopeful sign, but it's a, it's a tiny sign of, um, of, of progress. And, you know, seeing, and again, mostly on, on the Republican side yet again, seeing the reaction to people who are demonstrating against this, 
treating them like they're the threat, they're the problem. No, they're not the problem. They're the inevitability. When you have a system like this, people are going to respond. And I don't give a crap about broken glass or, you know, uh, vandalism or anything like that. I care when people are hurt. And if the price of this is, you know, uh, some, some burned police cars, so be it. You know, it's a, it's a lot healthier to express yourself that way than to kill people or to hurt people. And when this kind of thing happens, you damn well better expect a reaction from people. You know, unless they've been totally cowed into submission and they have no spirit left whatsoever. Yeah, if um, if you murder people, they're going to respond. They're going to break things as well they should. Otherwise, who are we? So I'm encouraged by the conversations that are happening. But, yeah, this um, even without seeing the video, I'm I'm shaken up by it. It really is awful. And, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, these guys, they're, they're five cops. This wasn't the first time. Couldn't have been the first time that they abused somebody. How do you get to that stage where you feel you can just do this? And how many other gangs like this are out there? Gangs of cops, you know, who feel that they can do whatever they want. And look around. Look around and see how many times you see cops just doing whatever they want because they can, because nobody's going to call them on it. And anybody who dares is going to pay the price. <laughs> that's, that's not protection. That's intimidation. And we have to expose that. Look, I, <laughs> there's nothing that I like more than a good cop, somebody who is there to protect you and help you. And they have my support, 100%. They should be part of the community. Somebody you know. <laughs> but... But this, this is an occupying force. And it's something that we need to drive out. You know, that's not helping the situation. Wow, you just made me think of, like, seeing undercover and different units, like, stopping and getting coffee at, uh, in the city. We, we would, I would notice this sometimes. And, um, you know, in the plain clothes and you just, you know, see who who would be running up on you in a club or wherever, uh-huh. you know, and, and it just kind of hit me. I realized um, just that thing of getting coffee. Sometimes sometimes police don't pay for coffee, you know. Have you ever seen this? I've seen that. I've seen that. So, like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's okay if, if it's a gift from the person, you know, uh, just out of the kindness of their heart, not out of intimidation. But if they expect it, that's really bad. That's what I was going to point out. And I think those that, that might be a sign. It's like also, you know, oh, we have more police officers that look like people from the neighborhood. Well, that's not necessarily, you know, that's that's not going to fix a behavior. And, and if it's if it's an expectation that uh, people people have to salute you and, and uh, can't question um, how you're being treated because of your your status or or affiliation with this this um uh force mm-hmm. um it it can be wielded it can and that's abuse right that's that's the yeah. progression of of abusing uh uh your your uh role as as a 
authority figure. And looking at yourself as an occupying force. And, you know, if it's gotten to that stage where it is an occupying force, and we have to look at our entire culture, what it has become. But um, I want to say I want to say one thing, okay? And uh, this might be met with some, some, some resistance. But I'm going to say it anyway. If punching a policeman is a sin, then we may as well pack up and go home. Yeah. I'll say it again. If punching a policeman is a sin, then we may as well pack up and go home. That's not me saying that, by the way. That is a quote from an Academy Award-nominated picture, The Banshees of Inishirin. We saw that film. Yeah, we did. We saw it in a theater, too, which was good to... Only two people in the theater. It's good to support theaters. <laughs> go see a movie in a well, theater. We wanted to see a film in New York City, and we did. And, uh, well, it was a late film, too, but still, I wish more people were there. But it's a good film. We found out later we could stream it, but whatever. It's good seeing it in a theater. It's it's about um, uh, an, an earlier era in Ireland. Um, you know, what was it, 1920s? 23. Okay. Um, and that's what one of the characters said. If punching a policeman is a sin, we may as well pack up and go home. There's a cop in that neighborhood, but he's one of the people in the neighborhood. He has a name, he has a family, he has a reputation, and he's a bit of a jerk. And sometimes people punch him, because that's what people do in 1923 Ireland. They punch each other. Cops should not be any different than anyone else. Now, they become very different when they, they're like soldiers, absolutely. They shouldn't be like soldiers. They should be like people. I don't think that they're um, advocating violence against cops or advocating equality towards cops. You know, anybody back in that era was <laughs> eligible to be punched if they were being a jerk. I'm not saying you should go out and punch a cop. I, I'm not saying you should go out and punch anybody. But it's that equality, that way of, 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 of not elevating somebody to sainthood and saying, if you touch him with your finger, that's assault and you can go to prison. Yeah, this is ridiculous. We have to stop doing that and, and, and start looking at... Um, uh, you had to level the playing field a little bit and go back to sanity. Yeah, it's like the member of the community that's there all the time that you you extend your uh, cup of coffee to because they're, they're your friend versus, you know, the occupying force that comes in. It's like half a dozen people all expecting their cup of coffee here just because they exist in that role and, and can do whatever they want. It's all about the coffee with you, isn't it? That's, that's what the real issue is. When you're without coffee, mm. it's it's hard to think about anything with coffee. Yeah, I've been, we ran out of coffee. I've been, we just uh, got resupplied. I've just been recovering. Yeah. There's a lot of things that uh, this show runs on. but No, that, that film depicted it so well because he was a part of the community first. His job was another thing, you know, but people knew him. The familiarity uh, gave permission to to uh, you know, people to let him know, you know. They they pulled rank on on him uh, abusing rank. I think is is what I'm uh, pointing out there. Yeah. And and there's just a lot of uh, um, things you can extend that to. And it's food for thought. Uh, we we have to. Um, respect one another generally, but people that um, we give all this power and control, they have to also, you know, be fallible and um, and uh, uh, the the system itself needs to police and uh, take care of this. Otherwise, well, otherwise, people will feel is uh, wholly corrupt. And so, I mean, it's it's got to be faster than like, oh, uh, you you can't can't possibly question our, our brotherhood here. Look, to give an unpleasant example, um, the January 6th situation with the Capitol Police, we see what happened to those folks 
You know, we see the cops as human beings there. And they paid the price. They were attacked. Some of them died. And that's an awful thing. But we we see them as human beings. And I'm not saying that's what's necessary in order to do that. But what's not necessary is to go in with riot gear and, and, and spray tear gas and pepper spray on everybody and uh, start killing people. That is not how you become human or <laughs> remain human. So I just think we have a sickness in this country where we militarize. I mean, ask your local police department. Do you guys have a tank? And odds are they do. Odds <laughs> are they have a damn tank. I think you should send all those uh, militarized uh, uh, guns, ammunition, and, and, and uh, uh, vehicles to Ukraine, you know, where it can do some good. We're not at that stage in this country. We don't need that. And having that is a bad thing and, and, and just basically separates um, cops from, from regular citizens. And cops should be citizens, too. You know, we should know their names. We should be able to interact with them and not be afraid of them. I, I do think everyone should see that film, though, The, the Banshees of uh, Inisharan. I think that's how you pronounce it. I just, you know, you know how people imitate popular films? And not to, well, it's, we'll give something away. So if you haven't seen it, maybe you want to tune away for a second. But I just hope it doesn't result in a lot of people chopping off their fingers and throwing it at other people's doors. I just hope that doesn't happen. It was well, the right. I, I, I don't know what I'm thinking. Of course, it's going to happen. The right amount of of odd. It was not what I expected in in what they were um, uh, promoting. I I've also find the whole streaming thing strange. It's stuff is more available on these um, d- delivery and distribution platforms than ever. And um, the only uh, nominated film uh, for last year, last year, this year's Academy. Um, that I saw was actually in a theater. Um, there's so many others out there, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's good to watch films and and uh, and it's easier than ever supposedly. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, go to visit a theater if you can. Definitely visit a theater. I mean, it's just I just felt it felt good to see something like this is just uh, a nice like location and um, period. A very odd period film and um, and funny, dark funny. So I don't know. It just just uh, it felt right. And and the the whole award season coming up. You know, you just want to be a part of some aspect of. It. There's a bunch of others I've heard great stuff about. So hopefully other people have seen some movies and don't spoil it. Don't uh-huh. spoil movies for people. No. Cause there's a lot of people trying to catch up. And you know, in fairness, we did go and see a film at 1030 at night on a Sunday. Uh, the fact that we could do that was, was, was great. I just wish more people had done that. Only two in the theater. Um, well, there was, it was several theaters. So maybe there were more people in the other theaters. Maybe. I was just so glad that there were, it was there like yeah. a late night option. There's the people, uh, uh, with the concessions were just, you know, happy to, help you and it just it was hilarious that there was so few people there but it's it that's what it is it's like uh, available all the time so that i'm glad glad that we were able to enjoy that hey we got a letter from uh uh, somebody listened to our our show last week we were talking about guns uh this is from chris regarding the topic of the last off the wall the people of the quote-unquote gun culture are resistant to reasonable uh, measures 
because they suspect the reasonable measures are just a Trojan horse to usher in unreasonable measures, like what has happened with smoking. Well, Chris, you know, I got to say, um, what has happened with smoking? Don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think that's something that we all uh, we all should be kind of kind of celebrating uh, where, um, you know, we don't have cigarette smoke in our face everywhere. Um, I'm not sure. You know, what's unreasonable about saying you can't smoke in a restaurant? You can't smoke in a train car. Um, keep your damn cigarette smoke away from people. I think what's unreasonable is when you're forced to deal with that kind of a thing. And, you know, if, if if we approach guns in the same way, I don't see that as a bad thing either. I really don't. It's it's become so pervasive in our society. It's become so so much of a hindrance in, in anything. I mean, the, the, the mass shootings in California alone this month have been staggering. But we have seen a record number yet again. It's the climate change of, of weaponry. You know, we, we basically... Every day, wake up to some horror story. And why? Because there are guns everywhere. And why are there guns everywhere? Because there are guns everywhere. People get guns because there are guns, and they have to protect themselves against the guns. It's insane. It never ends. And, you know, if a Trojan horse is what it takes to to, uh, get people to uh, get rid of their guns, so be it. You know, we've been dancing around this issue for so long. Where we, we, we want to say, no, we're not coming to take your guns. We're not going to, uh, you know, impede on your way of life. We're going to, you know, you can do whatever you want. We just want some common sense, uh, a very timid measure to try and, 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 and thwart this in as minimal way as possible. I think it's time we step it up. I think it's time we get nasty. I think it's time we, we're, we're rude about this and say, you people who keep misinterpreting the Second Amendment to mean that you can have all kinds of semi-automatic weaponry or whatever you want, that's not what it means. And before Reagan, that was never interpreted that way. You know, it's read the damn words of the Second Amendment. It's, you know, a, a well-regulated militia. You, you can't get away from that. That's in there. And you are not a well-regulated militia with a stockpile of weapons in your garage. No, that's not what they meant at all. What they were talking about in 1770s or, or, or whenever uh, is very different than what we have today. And it's very unlikely they would want to say something like that if they were around today. And if they did say something like that, they'd be wrong. Yeah, I, I'll say the Founding Fathers could be wrong. They were wrong about other things, too. But in this, I think they nailed it. I think they said the right thing. And we're the ones screwing it up and, and abusing it and twisting it into something ugly. And look what we have now. This is not right. The, the, the school situation, you know, show me a school that doesn't have a cop on the grounds. Show me a school where you don't have to go through a metal detector. Show me a school where kids don't know what a lockdown is. You know, they don't know what a mass shooting is because... That was my school. That was my school, and, 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 you know, it wasn't a lifetime ago. It wasn't that long ago. But we have changed. And what have we gained from that? What have we gotten? So, yeah, I don't think it's an unreasonable measure to approach this aggressively, like like Canada did, like Australia did, like England did, like, you know, uh, Norway and Finland and Sweden. These are good countries. These are, are, are democracies. People are, 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 are free to express themselves and do whatever, you know, and it's 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 just ridiculous how we're mired in this. And I honestly don't know how we're going to get out of it. 
because we are so afraid and people have become so well-armed now. It's a bad situation. It's everything that was warned against many, many years ago. And now it's going to take something dramatic because all these little tiny um, uh, steps that we dare to take, it's a drop in a bucket, you know? We need a lot more than than what we even have imagined at this point. So true, the uh, proliferation of, of weaponry. I mean, just getting away from them entirely and is is difficult and um, because of the prevalence of them. And I think it's important to have more conversations. Like, I've made it very clear with people I know that have weapons um, – how often and how how much I enjoy being around their weapons, because <laughs> um, I think of it as you know a, a, a something that's a part of them, you know that that you have to deal with. Like, have you seen the PSAs? They've been running these PSAs now. Oh yeah, you know, no, guns not... are the number one killer of children. Uh, no, I, I saw that. I didn't know that. You know, I'm, I'm anti-gun, and I did not know that guns were the number one cause of death in children. I didn't know that. So apparently, like. The, it's it's a thing, and I've seen a couple of them. Basically, it's something you where you're saying that every day to everybody. We should be repeating it. Kyle, and do you know that guns are the number one leading cause of death among children? It's not childhood leukemia. It's not uh, traffic accidents. It's not falling out of your crib. Or I don't know. I, I just thought it was something else. But guns, really, children. It's that should be enough right there. So there's like a to go something like where there's a couple on a doorstep and they're talking around something that's that's deadly that they're asking about that's in the home and it's all about basically asking uh, people if that might be caring or um, where your children might be uh, staying uh, having a play date or whatever. Um, Finding out if there's a gun in the home. No, and if it's no, safe. no, 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 no. And that—that's no. The... That is what it should be. Right. What they're saying is, are there any unlocked guns in the home? Oh, okay. Because the okay. assumption now is, oh, there's a gun in the house somewhere. That's right, right. But are they unlocked? And you know, little Bobby isn't going to figure out how to how to unlock the gun, obviously, because he's just a stupid kid. Yeah, it is kind but of. But like... they had a damn six-year-old shoot a teacher, you know, in Virginia. Come on, <laughs> they obviously are able to get around this. It's 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 absurd. Where we are right now, that's, you know, that PSA is a symptom. Yeah, it's not enough. You're right. It's kind of like it might be uh, astroturfing or like them putting a, a label on their, their pack of smokes sort of thing. But the the gist of it is that um, this is something that you'd have to consider and that you might want to know mm-hmm. about as just one, one of your musings as a, a parent. And, um, and, and that's how... You're you're learning as as a new new adult to deal with uh, other adults who choose to have weapons around their family uh, environment yeah, unlocked. Know, I, I I I would consider that to be a form of child abuse. If you have a gun in the house, you should not have a child in the house. Period. And because you know kids are going to figure out how where it is or how to unlock it. Kids are are a lot smarter than you might give them credit for. Well, and so. To my point, where I was going is that I think just the bravery in general about taking a stand for your wish to not be around weapons or, you know, be safe in public spaces. These are not unreasonable things. Uh, we were talking about privacy and security in your own home. Well, with Supreme the Supreme Court seems to think it's unreasonable. It is it is basic um, and should be uh, a, a human right 
and in this country, um, not something that, like you said, we, we are timid and sort of, uh, just, um, reserve, you know, and, 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 uh, prevent ourselves from, from admitting, you know, we need to confront people that are, that, and environments that we feel, you know, might be unsafe for ourselves as well as young people. Right. Adults deserve Let's this start too. Raising our voices and say, yeah, we are coming to take your damn guns because you shouldn't have them in a civilized society. You want to go hunting? Fine. Go hunting. You don't need, uh, you know, a semi-automatic weapon to go hunting unless it's a whole uh, herd of deer charging at you, but I really don't think that's going to happen. You know, it's, if you want target practice, go to the damn shooting range. Target practice, go crazy, 24 hours a day. I don't care, but you don't need it in your house. You know, there is just no rational reason for this. And maybe, you know, if, if people want to live that way, well, that's what states' rights are all about. You know, but again, Republicans don't view it that way. It's states' rights, as long as they can get away with that, but then when they can make other states do their bidding, all of a sudden it becomes federal. You know, it, it's the biggest hypocrisy. And that's what the Supreme Court is doing right now. And it's, it's, it's frightening. It's, it's something that has to be uh, uh, where the citizenry, public citizens get involved in, and um, there's some kind of uh, mechanism, there's some kind of intervention. Because it's, it is... I think the industry and the lobby that has supported this and, and a bit abetted it. I mean, there's political motivations, but I think the the economic side of this, the the fact they can't be sued, all of that, be um, aside, mm-hmm. they're a victim of their own lobbying fortunes, where there's this more technology and you know bigger markets and designs and all this um, uh, trade going on and excitement, and they've even manufactured various crises so there's even more demand you know and like you said people worried about guns getting guns and it just being a cycle of of more and more uh armed societies um i they don't know how to so, have a solution to this and i think that they're not built for it and that that is um like in in many uh sorts of consumer uh interventions in the past this this is something where uh, government and uh, uh, the people that represent uh, wider society, instead of lobbyists, need need to have a say. Yeah, a hundred ideas on how to do this. You, you you make guns worth a lot more than they are now. You pay people five times the, the value, but you got to give the guns up in the next month or so. After that, it becomes something that you you're not allowed to have. Period, and they're not worth anything if you give them up. You know, there, there are many ways to incentivize people and just get back to a, a, a stage where we can start to address the issue. Because right now we're not at that stage. It's insane. You know, it's, there's just simply no way to control the situation. And that it's related to how cops are becoming more and more militarized because they have to deal with so many guns because people keep demanding guns. It's just it's a, it's a real sickness. It's out of control. And um, we as people need to do something about it, you know? And our elected representatives obviously won't, <laughs> but um, we still can be angry, raise our voices. And put the pressure on every aspect of this. Mm-hmm. You know, down to legislation, gun buybacks, whatever, uh, you know, specific technical uh, 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 licenses for various it, things, yeah, whatever it, it takes. But the other things, too, uh, getting at the root causes, health, uh, overall... Um, 
you know, design of, you know, architecture in schools, you know, uh, the, the, um, every aspect that can cause the underlying, um, disruption that, that people turn to violence, whether it's politics or other things, you know, the, the, um, broader legislative prerogatives that, that, Make a society more functional and more people more able to earn and and live their lives in a healthy way can also help people turning yeah. to to weapons right. and and I, I just feel like in every way we need to work on these things. This doesn't have to be unpleasant. It's something we can all work on together because I think we can all agree it's a big problem right now, and it's a big problem caused by the proliferation. So how do we solve this together? We can we can figure out ways. Um, and, and, and nobody has to feel like they're a victim here or having their rights stepped on. Uh, we just have to stop with the insanity and, and, and the deliberate distortion of what words that were written hundreds of years ago actually mean. Hey, uh, we, we're talking about um, uh, dispensaries opening everywhere. Not opening fast enough here. Suffolk County, it's really dragging our asses, and part of the reason there are many towns that opted out for now, they, they don't want marijuana dispensaries in their town. They're fine with bars and all kinds of other um, um, places where conflicts arise, <laughs> but, but not a dispensary. Um, Brookhaven uh, is one of the uh, towns that uh, opted in, but they've made it so difficult to, to uh, find a location. Uh, you know, you can't be on a main street, you can't be near a house, you can't be near a school or a church or a dance studio or so many things. Uh, so, uh, hopefully somebody figures out where they can put one of these things in the next, uh, uh, few months. But one thing we are getting, uh, we're getting a rage room in, in, in Selden. That's not a problem. Players can choose a sledgehammer, a crowbar, even a golf club. And take their frustrations out by smashing old TVs, microwaves, and other e-waste at a new entertainment venue uh, called Rage Room Long Island, which is scheduled to open on March 3rd in Selden. Uh, participants choose a theme such as technology takeover and watch a video that sets them on a mission such as being tasked with destroying all the technology for the survival of the human race. <laughs> yeah, this, this is easy. There's no problem. No brainer. A rage room is a fun, stress-relieving activity, says owner Michael Hellman. We don't claim to be a mental health or medical facility. That's that's a good thing there. <laughs> good thing there, Michael. Yeah, don't don't claim that. Uh, although we've had some therapists who want to send clients to rage room. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the name rage room. We put you on a mission, and you you get moving and have a great time. Participants are provided protective gear from head to toe, including a helmet, face shield, and gloves. Cost about forty to sixty dollars per person. I don't know why there's a range, <laughs> but there is. Uh, there are two rooms that accommodate up to four people. Uh, one that can hold six to twelve people for parties or event. What kind of party or event involves smashing things to, to little tiny bits? I don't know. You know, I'll I'll go to that party. I don't care. <laughs> it sounds like it could be a blast. Rage room, yeah. So um, that's uh, that's where we are. Look, have the rage rooms, but have the dispensaries too, okay? Can the rage room be close to a school? Or church? Or, you know, on Main Street? I, I think it can. 
the fact that destroying technology for the, the survival of humanity is a broadly understood theme that people get. They're like, yeah. It's yeah, funny as technology. That, yeah, you know, that says a lot about the kind of technology people have been working with for a very long time. Wow. So, yeah, you know, whoever says we're not making progress, uh, you didn't read that story. We are certainly making progress. But uh, we've uh, progressed ourselves right out of here because our time is up. It was lovely talking to you. It's, it's always fun, good, invigorating discussion. Remember, if you agree or disagree, we still want to hear from you, and I think the dialogue is very important. Um, OTW at 2600.com is our email address. Oh, uh, so we don't have time to talk about the roasted sunchokes? Oh, no, we did have roasted sunchokes. Uh, we, we've been growing sunchokes the last couple of years. We finally harvested them. Yeah, they, um, they have a side effect for some people, and apparently it was a side effect for both of us. Uh, makes you a bit gassy. But, damn, they were good. I would do it again. I, I think we have to, because we have a whole field of sunchokes to harvest. and <sighs> Why not? Sunchoke soup next, I think, is what we should do. And sunchoke chips. And uh-huh. Yeah. Sunchoke everything. Sunchoke as a weapon. Um... No, they, they, they grow six feet tall, they flower like sunflowers, and, uh, and you can harvest them all throughout the winter. So it's, it's a multifaceted thing that we're doing here. All right, that's going to do it for us. Stay tuned for Fanny's coming up next. If you thought we were provocative, you ain't heard nothing yet. Keep listening to WUSB. See you later. Good night. Classic Deep Purple right there, I do believe, if I'm uh, not incorrect, and uh, I often am, but I don't know if I am in this case. You're listening to uh, WUSB, Stony Brook, 90.1 FM, 107.3 FM, WUSB.FM on the net. 
And we're going to say a farewell to Tom Verlaine tonight, but we're going to listen to a little what it's like to be a prisoner right here on WUSB. Thank <laughs> you.